This is the Fantasy Football Sportal Podcast, presented by Fantazzle for all your fantasy sports needs. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Sportal Podcast. My name is Justin Berniski, and I'm joined via Skype by Matt Kichikudo, <laughs> Kyle Soppy, and Tim Forsella. What's going on, everybody? What's up, what's up? Final Four. Hello, everyone. Well, I think we should probably start with a little bit of a recap. Obviously, uh, everyone on the podcast went 3-1. and one. Uh, Both of us, or Matt and I, both picked the Giants uh, and New Orleans to win. Uh, Tim and Kyle both picked uh, Packers and San Fran to win, so hence the three and one. Uh, does anyone have any like particularly uh, things or things that stood out to them this weekend that you know really has sort of changed the way you're looking at this upcoming weekend? Oh man, I appreciate the uh, the love there. I was all in on the Giants with you. I think I am guilty of underestimating the Niners. I know that New Orleans has a terrible defense, and that whole team is basically based around what Breeze can do. And if you get him out of his element, he's tough to. Uh, it's tough for him to stay on course. I underestimated the Niners a bit. I think that they they've got a, a real legitimate shot to win this game, but I definitely still like the Giants because they're hot. So I don't know Niners. I definitely got to give them a little bit more love. I learned a lot from the Giants. I mean, as a big Packer guy, I didn't want to learn anything from them, but their ability to force turnovers on Sunday was huge, and you look at the matchups potentially this week and in the Super Bowl if they advance, and that's going to be key because you're playing teams that don't really turn the ball over much, so if they can keep doing that, see no reason why they can't run the table here, but if they're not getting turnovers, it's tough. Tim, what about you? Do you have any uh, any revelations from this weekend you want to share with us? I mean, not really. I thought that uh, I mean, I thought the Packers would win, but I thought that the Giants had the best chance of any of the NFC teams to knock them off, and they did end up up doing that. So, um, yeah, I think the one thing that I saw that is going to adjust what I feel about coming the weeks coming up is just how excited San Francisco was to win that New Orleans game to the point where I feel like. Maybe they were a little bit too happy about that. Interesting. Um, everyone seems to be talking about the, you know, the obviously the NFCs where we had the upsets. So why don't uh, why don't we go ahead and jump in there, uh, Matt? Uh, take us. You know, you already said you kind of like the Giants, but so what are your thoughts going into this game? And uh, you know, if you're giving San Fran more respect, what does that mean? So I'm giving, yeah, it's all relative. I'm giving San Fran a little bit more respect in the sense that I didn't know if. You know, predominantly, I wasn't sure if Alex Smith had it in him to make the plays at the end of the game that he needed to make. I mean, all these playoff games end up being, for the most part, once you get into this portion of the playoffs, you know, the championship weeks and on, they're all games where, you know, you give your best shot and he goes back and forth and it's usually pretty tight and then it comes down to one play. Like, somebody's got to make a play. It's never given away. And I just wasn't all that sure that Alex Smith could make that play. But in this offense and what he's being asked to do, um, he's thriving in it. So I think that that says a lot for why San Fran is where they are right now. And, and, you know, that's why I underestimated him a bit. This week, I mean, without getting too deep into it, I'm going to stick with the Giants only because, you know, they, they have any number of combination of guys up front. You know, they go about four or five deep of guys that can get to the quarterback who would probably lead their team in sacks if they were all on different teams. Um, I know the Niners have a nice overall defense and they play a good D, but you, you disrupt – good teams by getting to the quarterback and, and throwing off rhythm. And San Fran is not really a timing offense. I mean, those receivers are still dropping a ton of balls. So, you know, quick 
quick recap is that I'm still sticking with the, the Giants here to go to the Super Bowl, but I think that the Niners deserve, deserve a little bit more respect in the sense that they can they can get the job done. Well, I'll, I'll give them the respect you're talking about here, and I'm I'm rolling with San Fran. I really liked what I saw last week. Didn't think they could really put up points like that in a shootout. I know they can play an ugly game, so if they can ugly this one up with the Giants, there's nobody better. I mean, they've got the better running game. I know that Jacobs and Bradshaw is good, but I'll take Gore. And um, Vernon Davis turned out to be a stud. I mean, we all knew he was that good, but he really hasn't produced to quite the elite level that we were hoping. But, I mean, he's next to Gronkowski. Is there, I mean, there's not really another tight end that I would rather and left in the playoffs, obviously. And um, that defense, I mean, that I think they can really stop the run. And if you make the Giants one-dimensional, I know Eli's having a great year. But I, th- I think San Fran can turn them over maybe one or two times, and I, I don't see them turning it over like the Packers did against the Giants. I do. It does worry me that how well the Giants get to the quarterback, but I think San Fran's going to be able to run enough to keep them honest. I like San Fran in a very tight game, but I think the 49ers keep this dream season going and make it to the Super Bowl. Tim, what you want to jump in here? Yeah, I like I like the Giants this week. I mean, I, I do think the 49ers are a good team. I just think that right now the Giants, over the past two weeks, the Giants are playing better football than, than anyone else at this point. Um, the 49ers will do what they do. They'll stop the run. They'll run the ball. But as a lot of games that uh, we've seen over the past few years are won in the air, and the Giants are better uh, both on offense and defense in the passing game, and I think that will be the difference. This probably isn't a big surprise, but I'm going with the Giants as well. I think you look at their defense right now, obviously they can get to the quarterback, uh, but you know when you look at their linebackers, the, the weakness tends to be against covering guys, but I think what the Giants will do is they'll bring, you know, they've got um, you know they've got some pretty good safeties, and so they'll just bring those safeties to cover Davis, uh, and then maybe you, know, maybe you bring over a cornerback, because uh, let's be honest, other than Crabtree and Davis, there's not a whole lot that scares you in that pass attack. So I think the Giants are going to be able to easily, uh, on any passing down, Alex Smith is just going to have nowhere to throw the ball, and those front four are just going to be able to come after him. Uh, I mean, and, you know, Rodgers obviously hurt the Giants with his running ability at times, but I think, you know, Alex Smith, while he's shown he's mobile, I don't think he's quite as mobile as Rodgers, and I think, uh, you know, I think the Giants are going to be able to take advantage of that. On the flip side, while the Giants, I don't think, are going to have an effective game running the ball, and I think, you know, Frank Gore will probably end up with better numbers than uh, Bradshaw and Jacobs combined, uh, I do think that they are. It's effective enough for their play action to work. And one thing that the Giants running backs have been really good at is pass protection. Either both Bradshaw and Jacobs, when they're in there, can blow up you know a linebacker or even Jacobs. I mean, he can come in there and blow up a defensive end if he needs to. Uh, and I think that kind of being able to chip to help out in the pass protection is going to give Eli enough time, and they've got enough weapons that he's going to be able to do a lot of damage. Plus, Eli is playing at you know, the best I've ever seen him playing at. He's making smart decisions. He's not forcing the ball the way he us- he has in the past. He, you know, he's taking sacks. He's throwing the ball away. And he's still making big plays on third down. And I think that kind of confidence and the confidence his team has in him, this game I don't think is actually going to be that close. I think the Giants are going to put up uh, – I think it will be similar to the uh, Packers game. Giants are going to put up big numbers, get up ahead, and they won't be looking back. So I would guess – I'm going to go 31-17 as a final here with the Giants. 
Yeah, we talked. We were talking a little bit before we got on here about the over under in this game. I know it's right now. It's at forty two. It's still early. And we were talking. I think it's going to get above that too. I mean, the the Niners shut the Saints down for three plus quarters last week, and then just collapsed late in the game. And the, the teams put up just you know they were scoring at will in that last quarter. So I think they're vulnerable late if you beat them up. I think that the Giants are a little bit more two-dimensional than the Saints were. We all know the Saints like to chuck the ball around, but they don't really have a running game to speak of. I touched on that last week. So with Jacobs and Bradshaw both kind of working real well hand-in-hand, coupled with how how deep they can go at receiver, I mean, I think that they can put some points up quick. I like that score, too. I think I was thinking something along the lines of, like, 28-17 maybe, Giants. That's what I'm sticking with. Uh, I would name I I feel like is going to have a big week is Victor Cruz here. I think Hakeem Nix has had two big games in a row, and so I think the defense is going to overcompensate there. I'm curious to hear what other people have. Uh, Kyle, is there anyone in particular in this game that, I mean, obviously you said you like Vernon Davis. Is there anyone else in this game that you think uh, you, you've got your eye on that you think might have another uh, good fantasy game? I think Crabtree could surprise a little bit, but I, I'm sticking with Frank Gore. I think he's going to be the number one back this week in all of fantasy. Uh, No disrespect to Ray Rice, but I think Frank Gore is looking at 25 carries if they want to keep this thing close, and it's all about ball control for them. i got to think he breaks one or two for a a decent game, maybe gets into the end zone a time or two. So I'm thinking, like, maybe 125 yards and a touchdown. I mean, I I really do think he can – there's room to work here. Green Bay didn't really ever try to run the ball, so – I think it'll nullify the pass rush a little bit, so I like Gore in the San Fran running game. Yeah, I'm kind of. I was kind of with you, Justin. You know, you guys all know how I feel about Victor Cruz, my boy from UMass. So I'm. I think he's due for a big game. Any of those receivers could break out any time. Uh, I did not really like what I saw out of Crabtree, or the just any receiver not named Vernon Davis for that matter. Um, so with that being said, I guess I'm going to pick somebody in this game. I know it's not a receiver, but I'm going to stick with. Uh, Outside of the Giants guys, who I all like, I'm going to stick with Vernon Davis again. I think you could do a lot worse than to have him this week. Tim, do you have any uh, sleepers you want to throw out there? I mean, I don't know if it's a sleeper, but I definitely like both Cruz and Knicks, um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem with starting both of them. I think that they both have a real good chance to produce. If I had to pick one, I'd probably actually pick Knicks. Um, I mean, I, I, I tend to look at... If you're looking at a longer picture, you have a longer track record with, with Knicks, and he's been great recently. And and maybe you could say that Cruz is, Cruz is due to blow up, but, I mean, he could be due uh, a week later, and Knicks could come out strong yet again. He's, probably, he's been the best wide receiver in the playoffs. There's no reason to uh, bail on, on Knicks now. Uh, I guess we should probably move on to the AFC, which is feeling a little bit ignored, but uh, that went chalk. You know, we saw New England pull off the victory. We saw, uh, you know, Baltimore win, although not quite as impressive. Uh, Kyle, what are some of your takeaways from that game? From the, I mean, New England didn't, neither team really shocked me this week. I mean, they did kind of what they do. Brady in the passing game, lit up the Broncos, who I've never really sold on offense or defense, and the Ravens just kind of gutted out a win. Coming into the year, I picked Baltimore out of the AFC, so I'm going to stick with that this week. Sure, New England's defense stopped the Broncos, but that's really not that impressive to me. I know teams, Pittsburgh couldn't do it, but I'm not reading too far into that. I'll take the 16-game 
sample size from the regular season and say New England's defense still isn't very good. So, I mean, that really nothing changed as far as opinions go in the AFC for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, nothing has changed in terms of how I viewed either team. I didn't think the Texans had any real shot to win that game, and I knew that the Broncos weren't going to be anywhere remotely close to winning the game against the Patriots. Same questions, same question marks. The the back end of that defense is still not great, and it's going to just get it's going to get eaten up all year. It's just the way it's going to be. Um, the front seven has been about as good as anybody's. You know, they've had some injuries, but they still are playing just as well. Um, I liked what I saw out of Spikes, Brandon Spikes. Uh, last week, he was all over the place making plays, and with Mayo and, and what they're doing up front with Will Fork, you know, they might be able to do, disrupt a little bit there. The Ravens, I need to see more out of Flacco before I can put any faith in that team. Ray Rice is awesome. You're not going to stop him. He's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to get his points. He's going to get his numbers. But I just, if they don't beat you deep with Torrey Smith, it's all check downs to, you know, it's, it's four or five-yard crossing routes out of Bolden. Nothing too outstanding. So he's going to have to dink and dunk and find his way down the field. Otherwise, I don't see any real way for them to win a game that may potentially end up being a shootout. I know Baltimore's got a much better defense, but they don't they don't have the recipe to stop those tight ends. There's not really a defense that can. Um, there was There's really only been a few teams all year that have held them to any sort of respectable uh, yardage and receiving totals, so... Um, with the depth they have and, and the different things they can do with the ball, I just I think it's going to be a game where the Ravens have to score a little bit more than they had to score last week. And I haven't seen too much out of Flacco that's led, leading me to believe that he can just all of a sudden turn it around and, and be that guy on the road. Yeah, I think one thing that I had the Ravens going into the playoffs as uh, getting to the Super Bowl, but I didn't really like what I saw from them this week. I thought they got outplayed pretty solidly by Houston. Um, and I'm starting to like reconsider picking them this week against New England. I mean, they didn't they didn't show much in terms of offense or defense. They're basically counting on on fumble luck to win that game. If uh, like one or two of those early fumbles go the other way, I don't think they even have a chance in that game. Uh, so I think I'm going to go with uh, New England on the game. I still think it's really close. I think it's a lot close, closer than. Uh, like an, a seven and a half point spread says it should be, but um, I think Ray Rice has a big game on the ground against that New England defense. I think all of Baltimore has a good game for what we usually see from them, but I think that uh, New England takes them out. Yeah, Kyle, looks like you're uh, the odd man out this week because uh, I'm actually going to have to take New England as well. And I just again. like what I've seen out of Brady. Uh, a li- you know, he's just he's looking too good right now. And while there is, I mean, Baltimore definitely is a stronger defense than uh, Denver, and they're going to you know, make him move around a little bit more. I think they're at home. I think he's going to be able to find a way to get it done, and I just don't, I don't trust Flacco. And so I'm curious to hear, I know you kind of think Flacco's got a chance for a big game this week. Uh, what do you see in Flacco this week that, you know, maybe that I'm missing? It's not just you missing. It's it's either everybody or it's me missing it. I've been on the Flacco bandwagon for a little bit now, and it really hasn't paid off, let's be honest. But um, I I love having Ray Rice back there. It establishes a running game, and he's a great pass-catching back. Really nothing has shown me from last week that Flacco's any better than he was coming into this week. I just have some faith in him. I like Torrey Smith, you guys mentioned. Kind of blow the top off the coverage for the big play. I mean, 
We saw last week in the Giants game, Hail Mary at the end of the half kind of swung the momentum. I could see Smith coming up with something like that. Bolden's a true professional, runs a crossing routes. And, I mean, just in general, as far as liking the Ravens, I'm I'm just not in the business of betting against Ray Lewis. The dude's a ticking time bomb, and even though he's getting older, I still trust him to make plays. Yeah, a ball hawk back there in the secondary and Ed Reed. I just like what the Ravens bring to the table, and I, I don't think their offense is as stagnant as most. I'm thinking like 27-24 this week somewhere in that neighborhood. I think it'll be very close. And another good game. I don't think we could really ask for better games this week. But Baltimore, to me, is a complete team. I see holes with New England. Not that there aren't holes with Baltimore, but the entire defense is kind of a hole for New England. I know they look better, but you can't convince me that that defense is championship worthy right now. I realize Tom Brady is, but so is Drew Brees, so is Aaron Rodgers. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what Baltimore's defense has in store for the Golden Boy. Fantasy-wise, a guy I kind of like at receiver is Branch. Uh, he's been kind of unheralded. Uh, you know, he's sort of like, you know, the fourth, fifth option in that offense at you know as a receiver. But he, um, you know, he had a long touchdown, and he, the, you know, they just don't have a deep threat. And so I think Branch is almost like a pseudo-deep threat there for New England. So I think I see him getting another, you know, four catches, but he manages, you know, I think he gets another 60, 70 yards in a touchdown for you. And, uh, you know, especially in those salary cap leagues, he's a value guy that I would look at uh, for this week. I don't mind that at all. I mean, if you're going to go with a deep wide receiver, why not make it a Patriot? Brady's elite back there. And so, yeah, I'm okay with Branch this week or even Aaron Hernandez is kind of a sleeper option next to Gronkowski. Yeah, you can't really go wrong there. I think since you guys already touched on that, if I'm going to take anybody as a sleeper, I'm going to go with Torrey Smith. Uh, you know, he's got the ability to beat you deep, and it really only takes one or two shots down the field. If he gets behind one of those cornerbacks and or safeties, which I'm sure he will, it's really just going to depend on if Flacco can find him. And if he does, he's capable of, you know, having the type of game where he catches three three balls for 110 yards and two touchdowns. Like, that can happen in a flash. So if you're going to dig deep, I'm going to go Torrey Smith on my end. All right, Tim, any uh, names you want to throw out from this game before we uh, kind of wrap this up? Yeah, I really like Torrey Smith, too. I think the thing that struck me most about him is when I started uh, logging into some of the Sally Tapcat games and looking at the prices that you were able to get him for. Um, and I was like, wow, that's, that's definitely a, a great place to save some money and get a receiver that – has been just as good as like Bolton in fantasy points for most of the year. And uh, last week I shut down by Jonathan Joseph, but Jonathan Joseph is not on the Patriots. Uh, I, I think he has has a big, big week. And if, if this game is kept close, it means the Ravens are going to have to score. Um, and, uh, he's, and he's a great option for Joe Flacco to go to. Any uh, Anyone else got any final words you want to throw in there before we wrap this bad boy up? Uh I know we'll have a obviously we'll have a couple podcasts before the Super Bowl uh, because there'll be a bunch of uh, I know Fantasel's going to have a bunch of uh, fantasy games that we'll want to you know break down get into beyond just the salary cap games so make sure obviously check out Fantasel this week but then also for the Super Bowl uh, there'll be a lot of fun stuff on there um, so any yeah anything you guys want to pub or anything any other advice you want to throw out there yeah that's about it I mean everybody should. This is a couple of really interesting games. These are going to be fun games to watch whether you're a fan or not. So definitely get over to Fantasel, Check the games out. 
get ready. It's an exciting time of year leading up to the Super Bowl, so everybody should be having a real good time with that. Yeah, I'm with you there. And just as the voice of underdogs here telling people to not really be afraid to buck the trend. If you got a sleeper, take take a shot on them. There's only four teams going this weekend, so I mean everybody's going to have the Bradys of the world. If you can pick, you know, a diamond out of the rough here, you could really win. You could step up your game and really shock even the experts. I mean, if there's any, if you have any desire left to play any of the fantasy football games for the rest of this year until September, I mean, now is when you've got to do it. So. You know, check out what we said in this podcast. Go on to the, the Fantasy Football Sportal and read uh, this week's roundtable for, you know, some of the same info, but some other different stuff, too, in a, a different format. And, um, you know, give it one last shot. Outstanding. All right, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we'll catch you again soon. Check you soon. Later. Thank you for listening to the FantasyFootballSportal.com podcast. For more content, check out FantasyFootballSportal.com or Fantazzle.com for all your fantasy sports needs.